Welcome to this week's episode of the Wrestle Strong Dojo podcast, where each week we bring you reviews uh, from Wrestle Strong Dojo on Fight TV. We also bring you interviews with uh, wrestlers, trainers, trainees from Wrestle Strong Dojo. As always, I'm joined by Sean. Sean, Happy New Year. How are you? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. Happy New Year to you too, Elliot. Uh, wonderful year. 2021 has kicked off uh, in fine form. Had some good wrestling so far. And uh, I must, before we get into it, I don't want to jump the gun here, but I reckon we've got a cracking episode to review today. Uh, definitely. I echo your thoughts there and we'll get straight into it. We've got a big show to talk about. And we've also got a couple of things to talk about at the end. We uh, discuss the uh, recently announced Wrestle Strong Dojo end of year awards. So uh, give us a little bit more to um, to sink our teeth into. But as I said, that'll be at the end of the episode. We're going to start this off by talking about episode 13, Cloaked. Um, we start the episode and we see the coin of chance. Mm, very interesting. Now, we did see the coin of chance debut recently. Uh, so... Banjo Powers managed to secure it and not only did he secure it in, I don't know, say dubious fashion, but he managed to get in and cash in, get his belt well done to him, rumble in the rig. We've heard a lot about it. Now we know that the prize at the end of it is the coin of chance. I'm looking forward to it. And it seems as though uh, the winner of the rumble in the rig has quite a selection of titles that they may choose to go for, not only the individual titles, but um, the newly created tag team champions. Yeah, not only that, the women's title belt too. So who knows? I mean, it, it could be anybody. L- knowing that the women's title is up for grabs lets us know that there will be women competitors. I mean, we've seen people already put their hands in for the Rumble match. So I'm excited that there's gold at the end of the tunnel. Yes, speaking of gold, uh, the next match we saw a debut from uh, Bonesaw, and it was Bonesaw versus the Vanilla Killer, Ryan Miller, in a match that went 9 minutes 39 seconds, which ended when uh, uh, the Vanilla Killer was able to hit the frog splash for the 1 2 3. The reason why I said, you know, talking about gold, I thought this was a fantastic match and uh, a fantastic debut from uh, Bonesaw. What did you think of the match, Sean? Yeah, it was very, very good match. Uh, Bonesaw, nice newcomer. The good thing about uh, the first two seasons is we've been able to introduce all these new people in. Um, and we see Bonesaw. Haven't heard much from him earlier, but he's definitely menacing looking. Tall, rangy, uh, had an intensity about him. Could definitely go in the ring, but uh, he was up against not so much a wily veteran, but someone who's definitely not his first rodeo. Ryan Miller uses experience well. Smaller guy, but uses now to really figure out how to get that win. So I really enjoyed the match. Yeah, uh, and typical from a uh, uh, Ryan Miller match where it's often the time Ryan Miller finds himself going up against someone who is a lot bigger than him, and you always see that guts and determination from him. And uh, it came out in this match, and probably one of the reasons why I believe that he was able to pick up the victory. He refused to stay down. He would not take anything lying down. He's a, he's a former champion. And the way he's uh, wrestled today or wrestled on that episode, he's, uh, he's a future champion again. Yeah, so 
Um, and it was stated prior to the match that uh, Ryan needed to win this match in order to put himself back in contention for that junior heavyweight championship. Yeah, uh, the stakes were high for him. And uh, let's put it out there too. Bonesaw wanted to make, wanted to impress on his debut. So Ryan was up against it here. Uh, as you said before, earlier, Bonesaw Brown was very intense in the ring. But uh, Ryan had that, and we had that cherry on the top of the cake that he needed to grab. Yeah, and he took it. So uh, look forward to seeing uh, Ryan Miller and see where, where this takes him. Uh, after the match, we see a promo from someone who we're going to be seeing at Rumble in the Rig, Eric Lawler. Yeah, Eric Lawler. Like I said, uh, we, we had Bonesaw. Now we've got another person throwing their hat in the ring. We're going to see Eric Lawler. Uh, interesting. Uh, let's see what he's got. I, I like his logo. Jeez, let's see. Let's see what he can bring to the ring. Yeah, looks like a uh, looks like a tough character. So, definitely look forward to uh, seeing him in the ring. Um, and then after this promo from Eric Lawler, we get unfortunately the final of uh, Train Like Terrible, and he's talking about something that I wish I could do a lot more of, and that's relaxation. Oh come on. I'm sure you could do as much. I tell you, if you worked as hard as Elmas Terrible does in his training, you'd need to relax as much as he does as well. But uh, I know a lot of people who like to skip uh, lessons one through four and go right to number five. I tell you that much. <laughs> he looked. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure about his uh, hydration techniques. I mean, uh, I don't think he's ever had a, a sports drink by the sounds of it. But hey, once again, who am I to judge? This guy's obviously a professional athlete. I, I, I might start writing this stuff down. You know, talking about professional athletes, um, you know, after we get the train like Terrible, uh, we get a look at D.B. Robinson and um, doing a bit of crack whipping and uh, curling of the old uh, of the old logs of tree. Um, I don't know if this is just an Australian uh, sort of, Workout regime, um, you might want to fill me in there, but um, yeah, I'd say what Dee Robinson does look very good. Um, all I know is that my local gym with my membership, uh, uh, log curling wasn't really on the agenda there, so not quite sure about how, um, as a standard Australian thing it is. But once again, uh, proof's in the pudding, have a look at the guy, you can't really question, <laughs> question if it works or not. And plus, I would not want to be that log. I took a uh, took a heavy hit against the tree, and by the sounds of it, he was imagining that it was El Masterible as that log. Yeah, and uh, I was lucky enough to watch the show live on um, on Fight TV, and it was actually confirmed that no logs were harmed in the filming of that promo. So, if anyone was watching that, um, you know, probably not happy with what they saw, understand that uh, there was no logs that were harmed. Well, just curious though, Elliot, were any branches crying at the end of it? Um, not too sure. Would have to um, follow up with the Wrestle Strong Dojo on that one. That that's your homework for the week. Okay. Then we go straight into the match: Almas Terrible versus DB Robinson. The match going eleven minutes, which saw Almas win by submission. Sean. Yeah. Uh, well, look, great match. I mean, these two guys. Uh, you know two of the heavy hitters in the heavyweight division, whereas in they're big, strong guys, but they're not 
the largest of bodies. They're quick as well. These guys know how to move around the ring. They really look like not at one stage could you really just let up because the other guy was going to be on top of you. Uh, we saw some great wrestling back and forth, some heavy hits, uh, some heavy slams too. Wow, um, DB hit that uh, Emerald Flosion. Oh, I thought it was, I thought Elmas was going to go straight through that ring. But uh, it's very difficult, obviously, these times, the, the pandemic. Um, thankfully, WrestleStrong Dojo has done these dojo shows. And it's good to see that the wrestlers aren't taking that lightly. When they step through those ropes, they're there to win. Yeah, I don't think um, it matters where the ring is, where they're wrestling. Uh, all you're going to see is nothing but 100% from the wrestlers from WrestleStrong Dojo. And you definitely saw it in this match. I absolutely loved it, as you said, to maybe not the biggest guys, but um, as you said, they were able to showcase their skill with um, our mass able to pick up that uh, submission. Would you know what it's called by any chance, the submission he used? Um, I'm, uh, my Spanish is a little sketchy on that, but I do know that uh, El Masterible is a big, big, big fan of uh, Blue Demon Jr., former NWA World Heavyweight Champion. And I do know he likes to use that submission. So it's like a modified sharpshooter, but not only does it hit the back of the, uh, put the pressure on the knees, the, the lower back, but it also, the way he grabs the arms, it puts the pressure on the rib cage there. And we did see El Masterible working those ribs for a long, long time in that match. So not quite sure what it's called, but damn it, it was effective. Yeah, you mentioned the ribs there. A couple of times looked as though uh, D.B. Robertson uh, was trying to get the upper hand, but those ribs um, let him down. And I guess you, that can only be put down to uh, just a smart wrestling from our mass Terrible. Yeah, there wasn't a hair in this match. I thought it was a fantastic match. I mean, every time one person looked like they just gave just a, just an inch, just an inch, the other person took it as quickly as possible. Um, both guys were, were fantastic in this. Uh, a little slip up here or there, and that ended you. Uh, Elmas, early on, got the advantage on the ribs. And, uh, you know, like, like a famous uh, karate dojo member said, you know, you've got to sweep that leg. Sweep the leg, he hit the ribs instead. Yeah, definitely. Um, once again, great match. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. And we go straight from this match and we go into another promo of someone that we can look forward to seeing at Rumble in the Rig, the last Viking, Freya Fury. Yeah, this was a uh, fantastic promo there. Just the visuals of everything. I mean, we don't know a lot about Freya Fury, but she looked like she just jumped straight off a, an episode of Vikings. Uh, um, I'm, I'm assuming she's not coming to, to rape and pillage, but I'm maybe doing that. She may be pillaging in the ring. I mean, that's what I'm expecting. Uh, very intense is probably a great word to use for this entire episode. And uh, she definitely looks the goods. This rumble, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm really excited. Look, um, just going back to Freya Fury, uh, I myself am a huge fan of the show Vikings. Um, I don't know if you watch it, Sean, but um, it's also based loosely on history. And the Vikings were tough buggers. So if we're going to get someone like that at WrestleStrong Dojo at the Rumble in the Rig, oh my gosh, I can't wait. One of the great reasons to tune in each week. And after that, we then go into... 
um, a promo with the Mystic Nation. Shaz Namaste, joined by um, Mystic Jess and her dragon Arcus. Um, talking about their teleportation box. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure the kind of... Uh, here in New South Wales, the CTP and registration costs are quite high. I, I've got no idea how much they'd have to pay for the, uh, for the use of that uh, teleportation box in this state. So interesting way. They, they look like they're having a lot of fun and trying to get around things. And you know, I, I've got no idea how to train a dragon. So obviously, uh, Mystic Chess has got one up on me there. Uh, very um, interesting, let's just say, and the way, the way the Mystic Nation gets around. Yeah, I'd like to know if anyone's actually had any sightings of them and actually witnessed this teleportation box because it looks like it could be a very handy vehicle to use, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I know there's plenty of times I wish I could just get the hell out of there. I wish I had one of those boxes myself. You know, I wish I had one of those boxes while I was watching what happened next. It was a promo from the uh, headliners. Um, bit of disrespect towards uh, the Mystic Nation. Seems as though uh, Banjo and... Oh, Jake Gibson on the phone together. Yeah, um, bit bit of a workout and a uh, and a chat back and forth by these guys. Uh, they do say you can say a lot about them, but they do seem in sync. They're they're two men with one ideal, single minded, get that win. And uh, yeah, they might they may show a bit of disrespect to their opponents, but once it's in the ring, they're all money. Uh, yes, and that led us into the main event of the show, uh, which saw the Mystic Nation taking on the headliners, uh, which saw the headliners win in 14 minutes and eight seconds. Uh, they, we were able to see the move that they had actually mentioned an episode or two ago. The uh, Eater Richard, I thoroughly enjoyed this match. I thought it was great. Uh, it's just a tag team uh, from, bo- from both sides, uh, how they were able to work together, some of the moves that they were able to do. I absolutely enjoyed this match. Oh, me too. I- I'm with you. I thought it was a great, great tag team match. We've said it many times on this show how much we enjoy good tag team wrestling. And this was another uh, great, great exhibition of what two teams can do in the ring together. I mean, and we had two different kinds of teams as well. Whereas in the... The headline is a bit more in your face, you know. Jake definitely brings the brawling style to it, while Banjo, as technical as he is, he's also a very hard hitter, as we saw from his match with uh, the champion Adam Fakar. And Mystic Nation, you've got Jess, who are a little bit unorthodox, not in the Alex Irvine way, but just a little different the way she brings about some of the holds and some of the slams that she'll use. While you've also got Shaz Namaste, who just uh, flips and flies around the ring and uses his weight to his advantage. Very good match. The teams worked well together. Um, maybe a bit better from their headliners. Just on, just they're in sync together. They really can feel each other in the ring. There, a, a couple of not so much rookie mistakes from the Mystic Nation kind of cost them there. I mean, a commentary pointed out maybe Shaz had come back in a little too early without being able to recover from his earlier beating. Um, and that kind of thing can just sway the momentum to another team. So great showing by Mystic Nation, but a much better showing from the headliners. And they're looking like they're, um, they could probably be the favorites for this tag title. I hate to admit that you might be right there. Um, as much as I don't like them, um, and in fact, I posted on my personal Facebook saying, um, 
you know, I was looking forward to this match, seeing my favorite tag team taking on my most disliked tag team. And um, you're a bit of a smart aleck there saying the headliners. <laughs> it's definitely not the headliners. But um, look, just watching this match, you know, you did have a good point. The the chemistry between both uh, Jake Gibson and Banjo Powers, um, you know, these guys will probably have to be hot favourites for these uh, tag team champions, as much as I hate to admit it. Uh, but yeah, you might have a point there, Sean. Yeah, they they're definitely a team to watch for the other teams. I mean, that uh, Power Right and the Kisser, the the mo they they look like it really hurt and it led to that. Eater Richard, but even beforehand, knowing how to uh, to isolate the opponent, not even without using any dirty tactics. I mean, we all know both Jake Gibson and Banjo uh, are not strangers to using small, small underhanded tactics to get their way. But in this match, they just really instead just showed their ring awareness and showed their professionalism on how to get that win. So don't get me wrong. It's not as if they're uh, squeaky clean, but they earned this victory, but Shaz Namaste and uh, and Mystic Jess, the Mystic Nation, they, they hold their chin up high because they definitely had a great showing. Yeah, they could be um, really proud of their efforts in that match because, you know, they're going up against a team. And I think um, probably they would have had a lot more experience than the, than the Mystic Nation. And to push them as far as they did, I think they should be very proud of themselves. Yeah, I echo that sentiment completely. Uh, look forward to seeing who uh, Jake Gibson and Banjo Powers, the headliners, are going to be versing in that final as uh, next week. In the, in the next episode, we're going to see the team of Almas, Terrible and Lasora taking on the father-son combination of the Vanilla Killer, Ryan Miller, and uh, Dean Draven. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but their team was the uh, the killer and the vanilla, or was it the killer and the Miller? I think it's the killer and the Miller because uh, Dean Draven's definitely a, a heavy hitter in that ring. Uh, and the debut of Lasora, the side of uh, El Masterible. I've already said how much I enjoy tag team wrestling. Really looking forward to this one. Um, so yeah, so that was the episode, um, uh, episode 13, cloaked. And it was a great way to kickstart 2021. Um, another thing that we're going to be talking about uh, relates to 2020, uh, Wrestle Strong Dojo. Uh, they had their end of year awards where they um, gave awards for like best wrestler, um, best match. Um, look, Sean, we don't want to get political here on the podcast, but it seems as though um, if anyone out there follows our mass terrible on social media, it seems that there might be a little pot, a little bit of politics at play here. Yeah. So um, before we get into the uh, well, controversy, if you will, we do have the awards to name. So I believe that the, uh, the rookie of the year was uh, mystic Jess. The uh, most improved wrestler was Banjo Powers, and I dare say he won that in a landslide. Uh, as I said earlier, I believe he may be one of the MVPs of the entire show. Uh, we had comedy match of the year, which was Mystic Jess versus Alex Irvine, which uh, look, I'm not going to argue with that at all. Uh, match of the year, tag team, we've discussed 
great tag team matches. Ryoku, Dingo Dog, and Dean Draven versus El Masterible and Banjo Powers. Great match. Loved it. Uh, probably one of the highlights of the, uh, of the whole of 2020. Wrestler of the Year for 2020, as voted by the people, was Adam Fakar, the inaugural heavyweight champion. But uh, yes, as you said, uh, El Masterible took the social media and uh, he did declare that uh, the claim is disputed. Let's just say the uh, Wrestle Strong Dojo Electoral College uh, better count up those votes because he was not, not impressed, let's put it that way. No, he was not happy with that. And, um, yeah, just something that came out of left field, really. Um, I didn't realise that um, that something like this can happen with the voting for the Russell Strong Dojo Awards, but it seems as though um, Al Mass has uh, made a claim. And I think at this stage, all we can do is just, until he's proven wrong, we can only really take it at face value, can't we? Uh, yeah, yep. I mean, who are we to... Uh question the integrity of the voting prog, uh, process. Uh, El Maso obviously has, uh, whether it's emotional or factual, that's one of two things. Uh, he has gone, he did go on record saying he didn't blame uh, Adam Fakar, but uh, I saw today on uh, Twitter that uh, Adam Fakar was not taking that lying down. He, he earned that, uh, that Wrestler of the Year award and somebody saying that it's, uh, is it a bit funky? Uh, he doesn't take that lightly. No, he was quite um, visibly uh, angry about that. Definitely came across, I saw the video that uh, you mentioned, and uh, he's not happy with the claim. So, geez, I'm uh, looking forward to actually just being a spectator here and seeing where this one goes. Yeah, we, we've seen them two in the ring before. as uh, fireworks, and uh, we, we've got the champ, and we've got a challenger. Who knows? So... Looking forward to uh, to seeing more more of where this goes. I mean, can uh, Elmas prove anything? Who knows? Maybe it's just stirring the pot. We know he's a uh, he's a crafty kind of guy. Yeah, and just in regards to the the winners of the awards, were, were you happy with um, who won their respected awards? Oh yeah, there. And honestly, all, all the people nominated. It was a split hair between all of them. Um, Match of the year for myself, I really couldn't split between the uh, the triple threat match and the ta- for the title and the tag match there. So it was a 50-50 for me. The fact that it went to the tag match doesn't surprise me whatsoever. That was a fantastic match. Um, all four competitors really brought it for that one. Uh, everyone involved, congratulations to all the winners. Congratulations to all the people nominated because, uh, as we saw, 2020 was a bumper year for WrestleStrong Dojo. Yeah, there was a couple of awards, got to mention too. There was also Feud of the Year uh, that went oh, yeah. to um, Alex Irvine um, and Jake Gibson. That definitely went to the um, to the right winners there. Yeah, I, I couldn't complain. The, the only one I thought close would have been possibly um, either Shane Saw and WrestleStrong Dojo Management or Elliot Ranson and Shane Saw on the podcast. That was the only feud I could think of that got close. <laughs> but, uh, it, <laughs> In all seriousness, uh, that was a fantastic feud. Uh, you had Champ, former Champ, a bit of backstabbing here. The the other, all the other gears that were running around through that, and all came back to, uh, to yeah. Neither of them are champion now, but both of them had been champion through, and they were 
they were intertwined through all of 2020. Wouldn't be surprised if we see them again in 2021. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, it's not, it's definitely not the last that we're going to see of this feud in 2021. And there was another award, which I think is quite an important award that we should mention. And that was the award of excellence. And that went to uh, Kayla Davis. Um, and I think fairly deserved considering 2020 being the year that it was. And, uh, mm. um, you know, some of the uh, rules and regulations that Wrestle Strong Dojo had to go to in order to have these shows at the Gales Club and what have you. And uh, uh, the work that she did was uh, incredible. Uh, for those of you who uh, haven't been lucky enough to come to one of the live shows for, for Wrestle Strong Dojo, uh, if you've only been enjoying it on Fight TV, and hey, I don't blame you. Fight TV is obviously a fantastic product to watch it on. Um, but if you do come to the live shows, you will 100% you will run into Kayla. She does a, an amazing job. Um, She's collecting tickets at the doors, running the merch table. And this was even before any of the lockdown and the COVID restrictions. Since the COVID restrictions, her work has tripled. And yet she's done it with a smile on her face. Fans always love her. She does a great job. So what a deserving person to get that award. Uh, echo what you just said there, Sean. Um, uh, very well deserved. And that brings us to the end of uh, this episode of the podcast. Sean, is there anything else that you want to add? No, no. Just that I hope that everybody has a uh, safe return to work, safe return to school, um, enjoying whatever. I hope you had a wonderful uh New Year, I hope you had a wonderful Christmas or whatever you guys celebrate. And I hope that 2020 bring, 2021 brings you more joy than you had in 2020. Uh, yep, I agree with you there, Sean. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what Wrestle Strong Dojo has to offer for us on 2021. Because uh, I enjoy talking about Wrestle Strong Dojo, as do you. And uh, no doubt they're going to give us a lot to talk about this year. No, I'm looking forward to it. And I tell you what, we better... Uh, we better hurry up because as we speak, I believe Wrestle Kingdom is showing on Fight TV right now. And I know how much you love your New Japan as well. So oh, yes. I don't want to keep you away from seeing that. Oh, yes, definitely. Especially when it comes to Wrestle Kingdom. You can be watching Kota Ibushi beat Jay White. But anyway, that's for another conversation for another day. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode. And on behalf of Sean and I, catch you next week. See you then.